and welcome back to another episode of Design Beat, where we share the stories of creative women who dance to the beat of their own drum. We hope you come away uplifted, inspired, and encouraged to go for it. Welcome back. I hope you had a great Christmas, New Year's break. Today, we're talking with the amazing Taylor Mitchell. Taylor is someone I have wanted to be friends with for a long time, so I used the excuse of the podcast to hang out with her. She actually lives really close to me, so she came over to my house, and we just got to hang out for a little bit, talk all things design and her story, and it was so much fun. We could have talked for hours if I didn't have to pick my kids up from school. We talked about your definition of success, finding your style, how she got into lettering, her favorite method for learning to draw new things. She was so fun to talk to. You'll have to forgive my awkwardness at the beginning. We had one microphone. We were sitting on my couch and we were literally just passing the microphone back and forth. Um, I have learned this is not a good way to do it. It was a lot of work editing. <laughs> it's still this is the best quality, but it's still a really great interview, and I think you guys are gonna love it. Here is Taylor Mitchell. Taylor Mitchell, <laughs> coming at you from my living room. Our first in-person interview. So glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so glad to be here. <laughs> We're off to a great start. I had my friend Tess this earlier, and I was like, how close can we sit if we don't know each other? <laughs> how close is comfortable for... <laughs> so our first in-person interview, as you can tell, and... <laughs> just figuring it out putting the microphone back and forth like a newscaster so it's gonna be so fun (laughs) it's gonna be great okay so you've listened to the podcast right you've heard rapid fire questions which are not rapid at all we really need to come up with a better name okay first question what's your favorite snack okay i have a snack that i've been going to every day at least recently I'm all about apples and cheese. You have to have a good honey crisp, crisp apple. I'm kind of a snob when it comes to my fruit. It really does. And then um, I love, also a snob probably when it comes to my cheese. It's got to be Tillamook. (laughs) It's got to be like. I like the individual packaged squares. I do sometimes. But also what's usually cheaper to buy the block. But I grew up in Oregon. Um, and that's where the Tillamook Cheese Factory is. And I've been many, many times. Yeah, that's like a touristy. Yes. Okay. Yep. Grew up in Oregon. When did you move to, what brought you to Utah? Um, I came out here to go to school. So I went to BYU. So like, whew, how many years ago was that? <laughs> Lots of years ago. Over 10, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Did you meet your husband at BYU? I did. He's actually also from Oregon. So, yeah. Our hometowns are about three hours apart. He lived on a coastal town. I lived, like, right outside Portland. So, just kind of coincidence. Cool. So, that's something you had in common. That's awesome. What shows are you watching right now? Oh, man, shows. Uh, Parks and Rec is just, like, on, you know? Like, we just kind of turn it on here and there. Always. Exactly. Um, I just finished watching Lucifer on Netflix. Is that on Netflix? Real good. Uh, Started it with my husband. He fell asleep, and then I just, like, kept watching it with Adam. And he was like, did you finish all, like, six seasons without me? Like, yeah. How long was he asleep for? Well, I'm very much like I am a binger and I can stay up super late. He passes out after like an episode. So like the first night, I'm like five episodes ahead of him. What am I supposed to do? I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) So I just kept watching it and we I would watch it upstairs and he would watch some horror film that I wouldn't want to watch downstairs. So both have your shows. I didn't know there were six seasons of that. I think there is. It was really good. I enjoyed it. It's so it's so nice to have a show to binge. It really is. Yeah. Because it had been a while since I'd really like binged anything or been interested in anything. But we need a new show to binge. We always watch we watch Survivor every week. 
Um, I haven't watched it since I was like 12, you know, yeah, <laughs> like, it's been on it has been on forever. So we just within the last year to like during the pandemic is when we started and just became obsessed. Mm-hmm. And then it's been fun to watch like one every week. Oh, like yeah. we that's before. true you can different. just you could probably just go forever with that show yeah <laughs> seriously so there's so many seasons still for us to watch yeah. that's a fun one last night we watched castaway <laughs> have you not seen castaway before we have seen oh. castaway we googled early 2000s popular movies or something okay okay <laughs> You know, Castaway's not really one I'm like, mm, I want to revisit I that. I want to watch him yank out a tooth or something like that. <laughs> oh, it was so cringy. Uh, it was good, though. I mean, I know it's a good movie. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's, it's a classic. I, I'm more, uh, I just want, like, some, just some comedy, some rom-com, yeah. oh, easy going. I don't, I'm not really into dramas at the moment. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> so. I thought that's, like, what we were looking for and my husband. Like he's like, there was one that just kept coming up on every list. I was like, is it the Notebook? He's like, Castaway. I'm like, what? Wait, wait. I was thinking like, feel good. Yeah. Rom com. Right. I don't know. I gotta, I gotta pick the show. Tonight. That's good. That's good. Last rapid fire. Yes. Rap. What should right. we call this? It's so not rapid, rapid fire. fire. Random <laughs> question yeah, random. box. I love that. Random question. Um, when are you most productive? Um, that's hard to say. Like, I would say mornings. I I wake up early and I exercise pretty much every morning. Um, but if I if I find myself with some downtime, then it's really hard to like get back up. So I gotta like yeah. just ride that ride that. And then it's like, well, maybe I need a nap midday, and then around four, I'm good to go again. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it depends on uh, the status of my children, but like I get another boost of energy usually like kind of towards the end of the day. Um, again, that's like me thinking when I'm trying to work from home with my kids, Yeah. right? Like if I get a special day where I'm in the office, everything changes, right? Productivity is just immediately higher. (laughs) When moms get a day in the office. Yeah. Big things happen. Really? They really do. <laughs> Especially when you've been used to working like with kids, balancing their schedules, mm-hmm. dedicated work time. Yeah. And I even find that like, say I'm at home, I'm just working from home and I don't even have kids at home. I'm still not very productive. It's like getting, stepping outside of the house, um, going to an office. To work. Um, I, so actually right now I work for my husband um, he has a startup, and so I'm just the creative director for whatever the needs are. And so he has just, like, a little office that I work out of, like, two times a week. So it's cool. a couple days. So what's the company? Um, it's called Free Play. Okay. Um, it's, like, a fitness company here in Utah. So cool. Yeah. So you, what are your, you said two days a week uh-huh. you work there? Yeah. But you could work from home, but it's just nice to have, like, the, do you have designers under you or are you doing most of the design for the company um so I do a handful of design um but it's a it's a pretty small company so we just have contractors so it's actually been really cool to be on the opposite end of hiring freelance designers because I've always been in that position but just to see like you know, here are our candidates and, um, the girl that we work with right now works out of Berlin and she is awesome. And what's cool about that is like all of her strengths are not my strengths. And so it's like, Oh, I'm so grateful to have you because you fill this hole that I wasn't able to. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's fun being on that other side and just kind of seeing how that works. That's so cool. Is this your first creative director job? Yeah. Yep. I've just been doing um, freelance really for the past six years. Okay. Yeah. So let's dive into that. Tell us about like your background, how you got into design, the whole, your whole design story up until now. 
Okay. So as much detail as you want. How far do we want to go back? (laughs) Um, I would say like for me, design really started back in high school. Um, I was able to take a design class and actually got the opportunity. I think it was 17 to work. um, I got an internship at the Nike headquarters in Beaverton. Um, uh, so yeah, they were, it was their first round of high school internship in high high school. Yeah. So they went around, um, to like the, you know, all the kind of neighboring high schools and it was our teachers who recommended us. And then we went through an interview process and then they picked, um, one design intern, which was me and then two fashion design interns, which was two taking design classes in high school. Yeah. So they had, they had this school, it was like a specialty school that, the three neighboring high schools could take different electives at that would be like, you know, more, there's just like way more options than your school would have. So you would get bussed over to this specialty school pretty much for an elective class. And so they had some awesome design classes there. That's so, so cool. I mean, we have anything like that in high school, right? I mean, it was very like looking back on it, it's very, uh, simplified. And I actually got to learn a lot when I was at, Nike and it was more like this is more to help me as the intern rather than doing anything useful for them (laughs) yeah it was it was a really cool experience and that was kind of the first time where I was like oh this is really sweet and I felt like I really learned I mean illustrator there's so much to it but that was like my first introduction to like really learning it you know because you can which is huge in those other classes but Yeah, it was it was a really awesome experience. So that's like going way way back. Yeah. <laughs> but then you went was, to BYU. Yeah, then I went to BYU. Um, I actually studied advertising there, um, but you know, minored in design, and it's all kind of like wrapped up into each other. Um, out of school, I got a job uh, at an ad agency here in Utah, and I was actually an account manager, so I wasn't in a creative position. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it was a smaller agency, I had the opportunity to take on some design projects, which was really fun. Um, and then I worked there until I got pregnant with my oldest. And it was kind of a natural transition to just work, do freelance for this ad agency that I had been working at. So I wasn't employed by them anymore, but they'd reach out to me with a bunch of jobs. And You still had that relationship yeah. where they knew you and trusted you and... Yeah, and and so like honestly that's just how my freelance career got started. I just kind of it just kind of came naturally. I didn't go looking for clients. I kind of just already had that set up and had relationships from the people that I worked with there. So did they the ad agency then refer you to other people or how did you get other clients outside of the agency? Um I kind of, what did happen? I mean, there, the creative director that did work there, he started his own firm. Um, and so then I did freelance work with him. Um, and, and then it was just kind of word of mouth. And, you know, once you get like some clients that are reoccurring, it was kind of enough. Cause you know, you're a stay at home mom and you can only have so much on your plate. So at the time I just always felt like it was enough and I never really, needed to search outside of that so cool how long did you do freelance before starting at your husband's company as creative director oh that's very recent oh really how recent um just a couple of months I mean so it's my husband's startup so it's been going on for uh probably like five years now so obviously I've done a ton of design work for him before we had funding so it wasn't an official job it was just like this is your startup. Of course, I'm going to help you with it. Um, and then it got to the point I was like, this is too much work. You need to start paying me. (laughs) I I mean, it really wasn't until they got funding that I could be paid. And anyway, so this is the first time I officially have this role, but you know, I've been working on helping. Did you help start it or was it mostly just his thing? Um, I mean, I was, in it a lot (laughs) you know like I would say it's mostly his thing he's very um big into tech like that's what his role has always been and he's just a genius really (laughs) so I would say it's mostly his thing but I've always been there especially with you know visuals and design that's awesome 
If you guys haven't checked out Skillshare yet, you need to. You can learn about pretty much any creative field from the best of the best. And one thing I love about Skillshare is that you don't have to pay per class. You just get a membership and you have access to all of their classes. And it's self-paced so you can start as many classes as you want. You don't have to finish anything. You can jump around. If you want to brush up on any of your skills or learn something new, Skillshare is a really great place to do that. You can get 40% off an annual membership at the link in our show notes. So what's your favorite project you've worked on? Oh, that's hard. Um, I would say, I mean, the best projects are the ones where the client has a design eye, right? And when you get feedback from them, it's not like, oh, like that cringe. (laughs) Like, oh, are you sure? How do I make, you know, this fit with, you know, it's when you get feedback from your client who gets it. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. And it becomes more of a collaborative thing. So I've had or clients that are like, yeah, I love it. Let's yeah. <laughs> let's do that. Isn't that the best? From yeah. like, great. I'll send you your payment. Right. I love you so much. <laughs> this is the best. But honestly, I've really enjoyed um, pretty much every mural I've done so far. Like I your murals. Are amazing. <laughs> How did you start getting into murals? So I actually wasn't even like looking into it or didn't, it wasn't even on my radar. But I don't know if you remember, there was the Love Letters. Um, yes. It was before I lived here, so I didn't oh, okay. go to it, but I saw pictures and it was yeah. amazing. So um, one of the people working on it was Becca Clayson. And I knew her because I went to the very first Letter West retreat. And so I met her there. She's awesome. And so she actually reached out to me um, asking if I wanted to do a mural. mural. And I was like, sure, I've never done one. <laughs> you know, I felt comfortable telling her that. And she's like, well, let's, you know, let's do it. And so um, that was actually kind of the perfect way to start for me because you're in this exhibit where there's other artists working on their murals too or working on their setup and so it's a very like collaborative awesome experience you're getting help it it was just like a really good first time thing yeah like I was right next to um Haley Berry and she was like giving me tips and everything like her mural is right next to mine she is amazing so it was really cool she yeah just give me little tips I'm like okay good to know let's get going okay I'm also shocked that that was your first mural because I can see it in my head it was with the book right um the book and like the girl the girl yeah amazing how was that your first I, I just, I don't know. It just <laughs> happened, you know? <laughs> so how did they, um, how much creative freedom did you have with that? Did they tell you to come up with a concept or did they kind of have an idea of what they wanted you to do? So they already had the what's your story line. That was their um, concept. And from there it was like, okay, come up with some ideas. Um, and I think I sketched a couple things out and they liked that one and picked it. So, uh, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like really nitpicky, but it, there was like a little bit of back and forth on, you know, what designs they liked best, but cool. And how did you get into lettering? Um, honestly, like I've, I kind of got tired of the freelance design that I was doing. Like once I, came out of the ad agency all the work I was doing or the majority of it was branding and logos or like marketing material because I'd been designing billboards or banner ads or you know magazine ads and so I kind of wanted to break free from like all this heavy design computer work and use my hands a little bit more. A friend from college had been posting some hand lettering stuff that she had been doing And I was like, that's really awesome. I want to do it. And so I reached out to her and said, how do I start this? She recommended some things and I just kind of got started. And, you know, it's just like anything in design. Everything you create at the beginning is trash. (laughs) But, you know, as you just keep going and, um, yeah, just keep practicing, it gets better. So So did you, like, take courses or how did you... How do you start? If somebody wants to start lettering right now, what would you tell them? Um, I I used, I think, a lot of books. I, I think if you want to start lettering, 
it's hard. Lettering is like a really big, yeah. you know, they're like, what kind of lettering do you want to start? Do you want to start script? Do you want to, you know, be able to do some of this really cool brushwork? Do you want to do more like sans serif fonts? So there's like a lot of places to start. So I think it's deciding like, okay, what kind of styles do you want to go after? I think, you know, at the time that I started, it was probably like 2013 where, um, you know, the style was definitely like the loopy, uh, cursive. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, chuggy, right. Very chuggy letters. (laughs) That was it. Yes. That was the time. That was the time when that was popular. Anyway. So, you know, I think I probably got started into that and I, I bought a bunch of different books and you know I've just kind of been all over the place and you just kind of settle into like okay this is the kind of lettering or the the look that I want um but I started out with like grid paper and a light board and you just you know do rendition after rendition now with iPads I think if you get an iPad not that you need that to start but that's easier to like be able to sketch and then refine it and everything what do you do with the light board are you tracing your own what do you call it outline Uh wireframe yeah so what I would do is I would you know I'd start with graph paper and I'd um you know make guidelines and I'd sketch it all out and it would be really rough then you put a piece of paper over it and you like refine it a little bit more and then it's kind of that process of like just refining it and then what I'd do is I'd you know get it where I'd want it then I'd get like a nice white sheet sheet of paper get like a micron pen and black outline create it pull it into illustrator you know turn it into a vector and then go from there obviously now with an iPad it's a lot simpler and less now it's layers bring down the opacity so fast so yeah that that's the way I used to do it but yeah the iPad has made it simpler definitely simpler that's so cool though I feel like I feel like it's better to work on paper for some reason though Mm -hmm. hard harder than the iPad but like that's what makes it better I yeah I will stand behind that firmly like I had a design class in college where I mean it was supposed to be like a graphic design class and the first half of the semester we did not use a computer because my teacher was very adamant about like you like ideas and sketching they just come out better on a paper and it's just time you don't have to have anything refined it's just like getting ideas onto paper and so it might be crappy but I think there's more freedom there so yeah I will I will go down (laughs) with that that you gotta you gotta at least start with your ideas on pencil and paper yeah I think I've heard research too that something about your brain like when you actually feel paper and hold a pen or pencil or something in your hand you get more ideas like the ideas flow better than when you're staring at a screen yeah. and same as when you're reading an actual paper book you can like absorb it better for uh-huh. some reason because of the act of like holding the paper in your hand, just that connection. I don't know. Steph's the one who always has the research. I believe it. It feels accurate in my life. I feel like I heard somewhere at some point. I'm like trying to recall something. I'm like, someone, you know, that said this. And I think they kind of, you know, it's like, I'm butchering it. (laughs) That's me. The idea is paper is better (laughs) oh it's so good it's hard when you have the ipad it's hard to choose especially with like kids I don't want to have like my nicer art supplies laying around and for them to get into it and you don't have to clean up after with the ipad but when I do it just feels better it does I I agree 100% that's the best so what would you say to someone who is trying to find their style I feel like you have your style down like if I saw something of yours I would recognize it and it's amazing and I love it so you're welcome do you have any advice for somebody who's struggling to find their style you know I think style is a hard thing because even me I'm like oh do I want this to be my style like I just want to explore and um but I I think a lot of the stuff that 
you put out, especially as you get more refined. I think it's just, I think it's really just about practicing and getting more refined. And then it's your style because it's you that's putting it out, right? I think, I think initially when you're when you're practicing and when you're learning, it's really helpful to mimic other artists. And I think that's totally fine. I mean, there, you know, there's a lot we could go into on like what actually is okay. But like when you're just using it as a, a learning resource, you are using all these different resources to help you just learn. Right. But I think as practice comes and as you keep doing it, your style just comes. Right. Sorry, very vague answer. That's not very specific on like do X, Y, Z, but, um, even me, I'm like, Oh, I I mean, I guess I have a style. (laughs) I guess most things that come out look similar, have a similar feel, but I, I don't feel like there was a direct, you know, here's a to B to get there. Right. It's just experimenting. It's just a lot of practice. It's accepting that things are going to look crappy at first. You know, I think it's just the whole process of being an artist. And, and I think that can start over, you know, it can repeat itself and you just kind of build on it. What do you do when you feel stuck? When you're not motivated, you're working on designing something or illustrating or lettering and you're just stuck. Do you have anything that you do in those moments? Um, I'm one of those people that I, ha- I, I do have to step away and I, you know, I'll take it as far as I possibly can. And even if it's like really crappy, I try and say, it. I mean, obviously it's different if you're just doing something on your own versus for a client, you have deadlines yeah. and things like yeah. that. So if it's a, if it's client work, I push it as far as I can. Even if I think this is crappy, I don't want to turn this in, but say I had to turn it in tonight. Let's, let's just push this. And then I step back. And this means I can't be my normal procrastinator self, (laughs) which is like, I'll give my, you know, I tell the client, like, this is how long it will take, knowing that typically my process, I do have to step away. Um, And then I'm able to come back with fresh eyes and take it from there. I think too, like getting advice from others. Like I have some good you know, designer friends that I'll Marco Polo and be like, okay, I, nothing's working. What do you think? And just having fresh eyes on it. Um, my husband too, I mean, working with him, like there'll be some things that I design and he'll be like, well, you know, X, Y, Z isn't working. And I'll be like, okay, who's the expert here? (laughs) I do the same thing. You know, that relationship is harder, but I've realized like, Uh, especially a lot of things I've created lately for his company. It's like, oh, after he gave me that feedback, it really just upped it. You know, like I'm so much prouder of this work. So being humble, I think, to take that (laughs) feedback. So yeah, when I'm stuck, I, I got it. I have to step away and do something else. And then just getting advice from people that I know um, will help, right? It's not just about getting people who like boost up my (laughs) confidence. It's people who give me honest feedback. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's good too. Just usually not in this situation where you're I do the same thing with my husband and I do feel like that feedback from somebody who's not a designer Mm -hmm. is very helpful because really most of the time you're designing for non-design people, I mean, to a point, sometimes there's a purpose and a strategy behind it, what I'm doing, yeah. but it's, it is good to have outside non-design people give yes. feedback as yeah. well. And so nice. You have design friends. Yeah. Where do we find these design friends? <laughs> so I love, well, so one of my really good friends that I like, we always get together and just, you know, like feed off of each other with that design. Um, we actually met at the ad agency that I worked at. So she was a designer there. Um, and then other friends, it's just kind of like going to events and like letter West, I went to the retreat and then the conference, um, you know, going to things where it's like networking. I know people don't like networking and like, when you think about that word, you're like, barf, (laughs) I don't want to network. But the reality is, is going to events and meeting people and learning about them and creating connections. Like, I love that. That's one of my favorite things. And so in a sense, that's networking. And I would say that the majority of the, um, like, awesome jobs that I've gotten is because of that. You know, it's not because of like, 
you know, I have this many people on Instagram following me. It's, you know, I went to this, I met someone really cool and somehow that connection got me this experience. So that's awesome. Yeah. If I think of it as making friends, yeah. <laughs> it makes then friends. I can do it. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. Don't think of it as networking. I just kind of, well, I don't know what it is about that word. I just imagine like handshakes and right? business cards yes. and yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. not my sweatpants I'm usually (laughs) I think it's been hard since COVID because you don't have those big things and I know I know we probably have a lot of introverts out there like I think isn't everyone an introvert to some degree maybe not everyone but I think like you know I have introverted parts of me it is yeah especially when you especially when you're a mom and you've been out of like socializing for a while (laughs) and you're like what is wrong with me I can used to be able to talk to people but I think getting out and just like getting used to it and I actually do really love it when I can step away and uh I, I think too if I don't have my kids or my husband I'm I, I can only rely on myself. I usually use them as like a safeguard in social situations. Yeah. Um, so any of the like design things or business things I attend where it's just me, I like feel really, I don't know, empowered. Like I know how to make friends on my own again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, person too, yeah, exactly. an individual. <laughs> individual. Totally. <laughs> Sad, but that's very true. I know. I love having my husband with me, but I do tend to like, Yes. whisper in the corner and like inside jokes and rely on him too much Same. when I I feel like we switch off being the social one and a lot of the time it's him yeah. but if I'm by myself I totally agree I'm like okay I get brave and I notice other people more too like making them feel yes. comfortable Same. I kind of step outside myself yeah agree and I think like my husband goes to work every day and he's you know meeting new people and he's making connections and like it's just normal and so I think that just kind of goes along with like things that you do more often become easier for you you know and so if meeting people is hard well maybe like put yourself yeah I'm some people are so hard to hear (laughs) but I yeah, I've just made some really good friends. Really, that's what it is, you know, at um, any of these events that I've attended, which is awesome. That's so awesome. I've been wanting to go to more I miss events. <laughs> we, so we moved to Utah from Idaho. We're from Rexburg, okay. Idaho. Not a lot of design. <laughs> not a big design scene over there. Yeah. So moved here, COVID hit like six months later. Oh, man. So I feel like things are just starting back up again. But even, they're not full force no. yet either. Like no. there's not, I don't know, there's not a lot going on. And so no. it kind of feels like a lot of pressure whenever I do hear of something going on. Yeah. So what's something you wish you could tell yourself when you were starting out? I think there's a lot of things I would tell young Taylor (laughs) Um, and even Taylor throughout all the stages, not just starting out. But I remember being in college and I so I did advertising track at BYU and it was kind of taught that they're like, this is the one way to be successful in advertising. And not like they said it explicitly, but there was just like this pedestal held up for anyone who went on after to like a giant ad agency in Chicago or New York like that and you know came up with these creative ideas like I think someone from BYU came up with like you know they would just spout off like oh this grad came up with this idea for this giant brand you know and this is what success is and and so coming to the end of my schooling there I just I remember being in Um, it was like a group project and we were all meeting and I remember my path was not looking like (laughs) this ideal, this is success. And I remember one of the guys, um, we were kind of just talking about like what everyone was planning on doing after school. And he kind of made a comment like, you know, there's so many ways to be successful with this major that it doesn't have to look like this. Right. And I think like, I forget that. Like I learned that then and then like within within the course of my life I I keep forgetting that lesson. Like and I think especially with social media we see like this person 
they have found success <laughs> and this is the way to it. Like that is what success looks like as a designer, as a lettering artist, as a muralist. Like yeah. that's it. Like, well, <laughs> how else? They, they're done. Yeah, that's what I want to be. So what is what did they do to get there? And in reality, like design, lettering, you know, whatever it is you're doing, there's so many different ways to find success. There's so many different avenues, so many different um, niches. Niche, niche. I never know. I never know. (laughs) Anyway, there's just like so many different avenues. And I think that's a lesson I have to remind myself of is like, you see these people having success, especially when it's success on social media. Is that really success? Sometimes it is. And, and sometimes there's people who, you know, are really successful designers or artists who have a baby following, but mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they just do don't care. Yeah. 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 Um, and so I, I get wrapped up into that a lot. So that's like a lesson that it's like, okay, I learned that back then, but I keep needing to remind myself of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, we could even go into like, well, what is success even, right? Like yeah. success can be different for each different person. Um, and so I think that's, yeah, a lesson I would definitely tell myself. And and I think too, like, believe in yourself already, okay? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> right. believe in yourself already. <laughs> I, love I that. think isn't that everyone who needs that lesson starting out or even along the way, like, okay, you can do this. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing is, is like, things are going to suck at first, but that's part of being a beginner. <laughs> Like, I think we kind of forget, yeah, that it's okay to be a beginner. Actually, it's the only way to start something. (laughs) You have to be a beginner and you have to suck and that's okay. Don't stop, right? Morgan Rapp posted something. It was a list like your first podcast episode will be terrible. Your first launch will be terrible. Just like listing all these things that we set high expectations for. And that always comes to mind when I'm starting something new or I don't know what the result will be. I just think like, it's probably going to be terrible because it's my first. Okay. Well, this is my first podcast interview, as I was telling you. So everyone out there, if it's terrible... You know why? <laughs> no, it's going so good. <laughs> and I've accepted it. <laughs> Not terrible. That's so good, though. And I think it's a good way to, I don't know, if you're looking at someone and you think that's what success is, I think it's a good way to look at yourself and say, oh, that, this must be what I think success is. If I'm looking at them and think they're successful. And now it's interesting how we all have a different definition of it for sure and we probably all have different people that we look up to and say I want to be like that um but what I mean what is that like you only see this outside appearance like you don't know what is really in their business how much they're really making how you know there's just so many different things that you can't see from the outside and so comparing yourself is just silly but we all do it I do it I'm saying it's silly but I get wrapped up into it and so it's just I think it's just that constant reminder like okay (laughs) it's silly to compare myself and even people who have so many similarities to myself I, I you know you just have to remind yourself that like even if all these variables are the same you're still a different person and there's still so many different unique things about you that can affect where you are in life or what your struggles are what you're you know what you're good at and so yeah I mean we all know it's never good to compare yourself but I feel like it's something I have to remind myself every single day all the time don't we all I mean if if you don't like way to go tell me you're good for you because it's definitely constant creeps up and social media is hard that way where you see a a name and a photo and a number Mm. And it's like, oh, I didn't realize this person was that successful, but they have this huge following, so they must be. Or, or oh, I thought this person was more successful than that, but they only have 100 followers. They must not be. Which is so Which sad. is insane. Like, this is it's yeah. just an app. It, it is. I actually am like, 
<sighs> I'm so over it right now. I mean, we go through phases, but I, I think like especially <laughs> I've been reminding myself and, and actually I haven't posted in like it feels like years. I don't know how long it's been, but I kind of just said, you know what? I'm not going to get into this real crap. Maybe that makes me old. <laughs> but I'm like, nah, pass. Okay. I, I know. I've, I've been feeling so much pressure to do that. Or I'll go to post something and I'm like, it has to be a video or else it doesn't yeah, matter. Or else the algorithm, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. What happened to just making things because this is what I love to do? I don't want it to mess with what I want to do for a living. Yeah, yeah. I think I think what, what I've kind of come to realize is social media, Instagram is just a tool. And we talk about it like that. Yeah. And I think sometimes we think, well, it's the tool. This is the only tool. No, actually, it's just like a nitty bitty tool. And, and I think part of it is like, okay, what do you want? What is your outcome? If your outcome is, I want to have these brand collaborations, okay, maybe you do need to build up a big social media. But if it's just, well, maybe I don't want it, maybe it doesn't matter if it's like a visual collaboration. What if I just want to work with this company? It doesn't have to be through social media. You yeah. reach out. There are like so many other avenues to get the work that you want. So if you're also feeling like, oh, the social media crap, I just can't do it, realize like that's not the only way to get there. Yeah. Like, I think it's good to have a presence, but I don't think it's necessary to like, I have to have the schedule. I have to do these reels with, you know, whatever your goal is, right? Obviously there are certain goals. If that's what you really want, maybe that is the tool that you need. But I think we forget there's so many other tools that can get us to maybe what our goals really are, you know? Um, But we're just kind of shoved that message that like, got to have a big following. You got to grow it. This is how, again, what we were talking about, this is how you find success. Mm-hmm. Um, when in reality. <laughs> and I think people make it totally. And I think people make it look easy too. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is just a free app. And I just didn't even do anything. I just posted a, one photo every day and I just blew up overnight. And yeah. now I'm so successful. <laughs> it's like, oh, shoot. Well, maybe I should be doing that too if it's that easy. But it's like, for me, it's emotionally draining. It's like I wish it wasn't. But I seriously, I deleted the app off my phone, which I do like all the time. Um, just cause I wanted a break and I was going to re-download it on Monday, but I just like not having it. I just downloaded it on my iPad, which I don't have with me all the time. Yeah. So if I need to check something or post something, I can for the awesome. podcast. Yeah. It's been so nice. And I just love, I've said this before. I love when there's somebody who has a successful career who doesn't use Instagram. Yes. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. It just, I hate feeling trapped in like, this is the only option. You have to do it. Mm -hmm. So when somebody doesn't, I'm like, oh, thank you. I I want it to be a choice and I want it to be fun. Whenever I'm having fun with it, like I love doing like design challenges or just like a silly video with my husband that we see and we want (laughs) to like, I don't know. Yeah. If it's fun, then I'm in. But if not, I my soul <laughs> yeah, dies very quickly. Bit, maybe you should pass on that. And like you can tell too when people mm-hmm. are just showing up just to show up because someone told them they need to and they don't actually want to be there. Mm-hmm. You don't and have you, to. You shouldn't be creating art for social media. Mm-hmm. That is the most draining way to create art. And really it's unrealistic to, you know come up with new things and post new things all the time and yeah I'm over it so <laughs> Me too. I'm in a I'm in a phase where I just I need a break same maybe I'll maybe I'll come out of it and want to make stuff again but right. yeah maybe I'll post here and there I mean I did run into someone the other day um who was like I haven't you know seen what you're up to I want to see and that's the kind of stuff where it's like oh I want to post to show you you're you're my friend or you're a person who like cares what I'm creating just wants to see my stuff like Mm -hmm. that's what I want not because 
Yeah. And I, I have to be reminded that because I'm, like I was saying, I'm one of those people that really loves like being in person and connecting. Yes, me too. Like doing it over digitally is, I don't know, makes me more anxious or just, yeah. I just don't feel the connection. So when I'm reminded like, oh, you're, you're, you guys are real people yes. that yes. care about the stuff that I create. I'd love to like share, show you what I'm doing, yeah. you know? If that's what it's about, like not just keeping your art to yourself and sharing it with people. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. For I'm sure. down with that. Yeah, me, too. <laughs> me too. So do you have any, do you ever like challenge yourself to draw every day or how do you keep creating? How do you motivate yourself to keep creating? Um, I, you know, I have challenged myself to like do, you know, X, Y, Z every day. And I always just fall off that train, which I, I don't understand because there's some other challenges I'm like really good at sticking to, but for yeah. some reason I think I usually fall off, but I, I have a sketchbook. I have, I mean, I have many sketchbooks. I'm one of those people that like Hoard you just, them. yeah, hoards them <laughs> journals, <laughs> sketchbooks. <laughs> but I think, um, one of the best ways for me to be consistent is to not think of my sketchbooks as anything precious. Like, I can just put crap in here, yeah. you know, and then it just makes it like, oh, I'm going to scribble this, <laughs> you know, I'm going to draw this little thing, this little trinket, or, you know, I'm going to make something crappy, but I'm still doing it. And, and when you make, I think that's like <clears throat> the best way to create a habit is like, make it as simple as possible. Um, don't like complicate it. Um, and so I think, Obviously, I get in ruts where it's like, when was the last time I like really created, you know, not just as like a work project, but like just created. Um, But then when I am in those times where I feel like creative juices are flowing, it's just because I'm allowing myself to just draw crap. And some of it's good, right? But the pressure of it, like nothing has to look good. I don't have to show a single person. Yeah. (laughs) Because I think sometimes I think about, I've had people like flip through my sketchbook before and I'm like, oh, wait, wait. (laughs) (laughs) It it really is. But just to think like, okay, nobody has to see this. I'm just going to draw whatever I want to draw. And then I think from there, some real gems can shine through. And I might take that and you know, revisit it and fix it up. And then, you know, you create something actually really awesome. But I think that's like my, really my key is just no pressure, you know? I do so much better when I have that in mind. I've tried to do, I like challenges. Like, I think I'm going to do one. I don't remember who posted it. Sorry. I'll tag you on Instagram. But (laughs) there's like a Christmas one I want to do where it's just like for fun, draw this Christmas thing, all these prompts. But whenever I set, we're actually going to do an episode next week with my husband on goals and like different Uh types of goals you can set and stuff. I've just noticed for myself if I have too much pressure, like I have to do this amount of this thing by this date, mm-hmm. oh, there's no way. I just end up hating it. It's like I'm too rebellious or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like, no, I don't want to do that anymore. Like I have a, cha- I challenge myself to draw a hundred faces to get better at faces. I'm getting close. I think I'm in the seventies now, mm-hmm. but I just don't want to draw faces anymore (laughs) like I thought it would be like oh I'm so glad I did that now I have this awesome face style and it's just so easy and like I yeah I have gotten better and more comfortable drawing faces but that limitation just sometimes it can be good to design within limitations or draw but I feel like you just gotta know when to ditch it and not force it Mm -hmm. Which can be hard. It can be. I I actually, if there's something specific I'm wanting to draw, um, like a lot of, like you'll see a lot of tigers kind of in my artwork. Like I will draw pages and pages of tigers. Like how many different ways can I visualize this? And that's really helpful for me. And obviously it's kind of the same thing. Like, okay, there might be like two or three in there that are, these are gold or these are a really good place to start. But I find the more I draw and it's usually in one sitting, like I'm just going for it, you know? Um, and the more I draw, the more like I iterate, 
it's kind of the same thing. You can just draw more freely and creatively. And um, again, there might be only one thing that comes out of it. But um, usually that's like one of my favorite practices to do is just like, let's fill, let's make a goal to fill like three pages worth of tigers. (laughs) I love that. And I feel like that is a good way to create with low pressure because you can be like, oh, I just have to make a teeny change to this one or just instead of like starting from scratch you know just oh I want to do the ears a little different Mm -hmm. this time or just make small changes yeah you take it and you're like oh well what if like this nose is this shape or you know you're just changing little things and yeah you're just able to flow a lot better I am at least I love that that's such a good idea okay we have time for one last question (laughs) what projects are you excited about right now um so I actually am working on getting into like the licensing world which I'm real excited about really that's awesome um so I'm looking at designing um some wallpaper for a company um that will be licensed and so I just it's exciting because it's kind of like my first thing breaking into that world and that's really um been my focus of lately which is probably why I haven't been like doing much else is I've been saying no to a lot of things but I'm like this is I want to try this avenue you know and see how it goes and so um yeah I'm really excited about that project because it's just like my first little dip into this new world of licensing what's the company um so oh man I cannot remember the name but there it's someone I know who's starting a new company so it will launch um next spring and that's gonna bother me that I forgot her company name I'm so sorry (laughs) it's brand new (laughs) yeah Yeah. is there anything before we wrap up is there anything you want to share plug where can we find you on social media um so I am just taylorkmitchell.com taylorkmitchell on Instagram and it's t-a-y-l-e-r so not the normal spelling of Taylor um so that's where you can find me I yeah I mean that's pretty much it well this is awesome thank you for being my guinea pig for an in-person interview your patience I love in-person things sitting in my messy house Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. (laughs) All right. For all things Design Beat, you can follow us on Instagram at Design Beat Podcast or visit us on our website at designbeatpodcast.com. We'll catch you next week.